Hello and we're back and welcome to another episode of Once Upon a Crime where we discuss all things financial crime. Hi Paul, how are things with you? It's nice to have the team back together. It's great to have the team back together Jen and things are brilliant and a big welcome back to you too. I trust you all enjoyed our last episode about anti-money laundering. We've decided this time to mix things up and introduce you all to another member of the team. I am pleased to introduce our fellow colleague, Sanya Mahmood, who is a fellow analyst within the compliance team. Hi, Sanya, and welcome to our second episode of Once Upon a Crime. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And your expertise is also welcome too, Sanya. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course, as mentioned, I work in the compliance department as well as an analyst and I've been at Marlborough for nearly two years. Thank you, Sanya. So, Jen, can you tell us about the subject matter in today's episode? I can indeed. Well, as you know, the world is forever changing and this in turn affects all areas of anti-money laundering controls. Therefore, today's subject is, drumroll everyone, sanctions. <laughs> A very interesting subject, Jen, especially for the times we're living in. Yeah, I completely agree why I thought it would be an important and interesting subject to address. So what's the format of today's podcast? Well, it will consist of a Q&A plus a group discussion of the impact of sanctions and if they actually work. Fantastic. Let's get started. So for the questions and answers, let's begin. What are sanctions and why are they important, Jen? Well, sanctions are implemented to attempt to change the behaviour of a targeted country or regime where diplomatic efforts have failed, or to restrict the funding of individuals, entities or groups associated with criminal or terrorist activity. Interesting fact, sanctions and embargoes go as far back as ancient Greece, where Athenians banned merchants from nearby countries as they'd murdered an Athenian herald. However, more recent would be South Africa, where pressure was applied on the government to end the apartheid regime, and most recently, Russia, due to the invasion of Ukraine. So, Jen, who imposes sanctions? Well, the UK imposed their own set of sanctions, including the ones imposed by the United Nations. Until the end of 2020, the UK were also subject to sanctions imposed by the EU. Since Brexit, however, the UK has created its own framework to apply sanctions in the UK. This is detailed in the Sanctions and Anti-Money Laundering Act 2018. This is now known as an autonomous regime and therefore does not follow EU sanctions. In reality, there is still crossover and the UK still apply existing EU sanctions under this regime. I always consider EU sanctions when completing a risk assessment in relation to our investors. UK sanctions, however, are split into the following types. Financial sanctions, such as freezing assets, immigration sanctions, so an individual who is not permitted to enter or remain in the UK, trade sanctions, preventing the export and import of certain goods, aircraft sanctions and shipping sanctions. Thank you there, Jen. Sanyo, is there anything you'd like to add? Yes, of course. Anyone who defies these restrictions can face large financial penalties and criminal prosecutions. The current consequences are an individual can get seven years in prison or a fine, entities a fine up to 50% or up to £1 million. And if you trade without a licence, this can lead to a fine or a prison sentence. I think it's also important to mention that the sanctions that we've been discussing are grouped into two categories, targeted and non-targeted sanctions. 
For example, targeted sanctions are asset freezes, travel bans and countries that are on the consolidated list. The list consists of countries who have been determined by the Office of Financial Sanctions in the UK and the Office of Foreign Assets Control in the US. And non-targeted sanctions can be, for example, trade sanctions. So how are sanctions relevant to us? That's a good question, Paul. Sometimes it's hard to determine as sanctions are so complex. We as a business are a front line against financial crime and we need to ensure we have good and relevant controls in place. The fundamental element is that we don't unwittingly provide services or allow funds to be invested by a designated person or entity. So this leads me to the importance of customer due diligence, which was discussed previously in episode one. Currently, we screen all our investors within SmartSearch to check if they've had any sanctions against them. And this is monitored throughout the life cycle of the investment. Compliance reviews these on an ad hoc or monthly basis. The delegated fund manager is responsible to make sure that we don't buy anything that is sanctioned. And as a firm, we have oversight alongside the run risk team. So that's the basics covered. The next part of this podcast is the discussion on evasion techniques, complexity of sanctions, and do they actually work? This is an important discussion, as on paper sanctions should work. For example, a government can fall because of economic effects of sanctions. It makes it more difficult to fund debt, it reduces the money provided by exports, it increases interest rates, it has a negative impact on the exchange rate. However, there can also be negative connotations for countries who apply the sanctions. For example, we've all felt it, higher prices of gas and oil in the West due to the latest sanctions against Russia. This has raised the argument within the UK for more sustainable resources, such as nuclear and wind power. Unfortunately, there is always cause and effect when sanctions are in place, and as they can be criticised for negative impact on human rights, democracy, poverty, healthcare and basic living conditions, and international aid getting into these countries. To be honest, we could do a whole podcast on just the overall effects of sanctions, but I think I'd bore them silly, Paul. So, Jen, why are sanctions so complex? Well, sanctions are foreign policies. This brings its own complications due to the international element. A good example of this is a firm based in the UK, which operates in Europe, therefore must conform to UK sanctions, UN sanctions and EU sanctions. The complexities arise when sanctions are not aligned and contradict each other. Due to what's going on in the world, they are forever changing at a faster and faster pace. Despite their straightforward purpose, they can become complex for the various reasons. The effectiveness of sanctions vary greatly and their success depends on the targeted country's response, its economic resilience, the cooperation of international communities. It's often a challenge to predict the outcome. So on that point then, Jen, let's move on to what the evasion techniques are and what this is. Well, evasion techniques are used to circumvent the sanctions regime, such as creating a shell company, disguising control and ownership, falsifying documents, concealment and transshipment. Therefore, the importance of KYC and CDD, as previously mentioned by Sanya, is important. A good example of this is a Swiss firm who is the beneficial owner of a UAE subsidiary and has been able to buy tens of millions of dollars of Russian gold despite a ban on Swiss entities undertaking such activity. This clearly demonstrates a gap in Western sanctions. 
The reason for this is Swiss law allows subsidiary companies overseas to trade Russian commodities as long as they are legally independent. I stress that point, Paul, legally independent. The firm stated the UAE entity had its own office, UAE-based directors, employees, its own bank accounts and credit lines. It also paid no dividends to the Swiss parent. The Swiss firm stated it operates a separate company in the usual way, clearly creating a loophole to circumvent sanctions, as you can see. Well, the question is, do sanctions actually work? Well, we can't ignore that sanctions come with significant risks and potential harm, but overall sanctions are a good, valuable diplomatic tool for exerting pressure and promoting change, and they help prevent firms from conducting businesses with high-risk individual and businesses. I completely agree, Sanya, with everything you've said. However, an interesting piece was recently written by The New Yorker and it brought up the subject that sanctions often fail to have the desired effect. There is no doubt they can create meaningful change, but many sanctions have failed, for example, such as North Korea and Venezuela. South Africa was successful in ending apartheid, although it took decades to happen. Basically, what I'm saying is there is no straightforward answer. Do sanctions work? Yes, I can see that, as we said earlier, we could do a whole piece every week on sanctions. I'd just like to add, if anyone does identify a customer on the sanctions list during our smart search screening, then the main point is to escalate it to your money laundering reporting officer. So before we finish, team, is there any recent updates to sanctions? I'm glad you've asked that, Paul. Yes, there is. The FCA released a report on the 6th of September assessing the systems and controls of 90 firms across a range of sectors. Off the back of this, they advised five key themes, governance and oversight, skills and resources, screening capabilities, CDD and KYC and reporting breaches. Marlborough are currently reviewing these findings. Well, thank you, Jen and Sanya, for being part of our Once Upon a Crime podcast. Again, it's crucial for all of us to be vigilant and report any suspicious activities, because by working together, we can help prevent crimes and make our society a safer place. Please update your training and development within Suzanne. And we mentioned earlier about reporting suspicions. Please contact Group Compliance at compliance at marlboroughgroup.com or you could contact the money laundering reporting officers directly who are Nikesh Ganatra for Marlborough, David Thompson for IFS, Tracy Smith for Select Platform. If you do have any questions, please get in touch as we're here to help.